Before I get into the ch children's verse, I'm going to pray with y'all, and, and I'd like the, uh, the prayer request to come up. God is our king, and we're here to honor him, and it's been a bizarre morning already with the train. We, and they, I've been here over a year, and it's not happened like that till today, so I, I don't know what, what uh, the purpose in all that is, but I'm sure there is one. These, these requests are real, and uh, every one of them, you know, that week after week, I'm at the top of the list, and that's because I'm here at the point of the spear, and uh, I got to do it right. I got to honor him, and it would be real easy for me to stub my toe. Um, I see things in a human realm every day, and so I stay there, and, I, and the same with the church leadership. We put them right up there because... Everyone that's in leadership is a human being making human choices, really faced with an impossible set of choices each and every day. And if we're not careful, we'll make them in our own ability, in our own power. And then down through this list. And then, then before, just before church started, Mark had sent me a request. And, a, and the prayer request was for forgiveness, grace, and compassion for one another in this tough time. And he went on to say it was from s for some special people in his life. He didn't name him. It doesn't matter if I know the name. I can't fix it anyway, but my God can. So will you pray with me? Father, you are our king. Not only are you our king, you are the king. You are the king of kings, Lord of lords. And you're the only one that can make order out of the chaos. So, Father, in each of these situations, Father, I pray that your hand would be upon it. You promise us in your word that you will use all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So, Father, right now, I pray in each and every one of these situations that if it's, it's, if it's of people that aren't fully in love with you yet, that you would that you would just continue to touch their lives until they're there so this situation that they're in could be used for good. And, Father, if it's people that ha love you but they're not yet following their calling, and that's between them and the freedom that comes from following you, Father, I pray that you would, that you would impress upon their hearts this very second that they do have a calling, they have a purpose, that they that they have a chapter in this story that's unfolding right before our very eyes. And it matters. It matters to you, it matters to them, and it matters to the kingdom. I praise you for all that. I praise you for the, for the miracles that you're performing right now, not because any of us deserve it, but because we're your children and you love us and we're asking. Father, I just thank you for all that, and I pr just pray a special blessing upon this service today in the name of Jesus. Amen. So my verse today with these young people, I want you guys, come on up here for a second, little guys. Could you hear them down here today? The, yeah, they're wild. I loved it. If wild people can't come to church, we got a real problem. We do want to see them. Come on up here. I want you guys, how, how many horses do I have here today? Two. Do you know what? They're both babies. One of them's been here for, this is his third week, okay? This other one, he brought his friend today. This is his first week. Do you know what he did when he got in here? He pulled back. He jumped. He bumped into the other one. 
You know what? He did not know how to act in church. He just did it. The other day, with the, with the first one, I, I was priv- I'm privileged to get him, and, and Greg and Delaney allowed me the opportunity to buy him. Actually, my beautiful wife bought him for me. She loves me so much. Um, and uh, Greg, he's like, I heard that he's been in church. I'm like, yeah, two times. If you want a child to grow up to do things right, you've got to bring him to the right places to do that. And so we're going to go. We're going to go to Proverbs 22, 4, 5, and 6. Yay. So what happened is he's been here two weeks, today the third, and he's growing. He's in the presence of the Lord, and it meant so much to him that he brought his little wild friend with him today to share the experience. Neither one of them know what they're in for, but they know that it matters. So... 22.4 says, true humility and fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and long life. Listen to this. True humility and fear of the Lord. We're born with this desire to do what we want, how we want, when we want. But humility, humility means that we turn that around and we start seeking. We're humble enough that we're soft enough. We're seeking a way besides our own way. And that comes the fear of the Lord. We seek him. We're not, a, we're not afraid of him. We're afraid of what's going to happen if we don't follow him, if we do things in our own way. So we're humble and we're following him. And that leads to riches, honor, and long life. I want you to understand this. Riches doesn't necessarily mean money. I know a lot of people that have some money that are not that rich. They're miserable. And some that don't have any money that are incredibly rich because of their because of their peace in the Lord. Matter of fact, I know more of the second than I do the first that don't have a lot of money, but they're crazy rich because of the people they love and the people that love them. And because they know everything's going to work out no matter what if they follow the Lord. And then it says honor. It's going to put you in a place following him, put you in a place where you don't make so many mistakes that makes people look down upon you. And long life. I'm going to tell you what, you can live to be a hundred, but if it's miserable, that's not living. That's not a long life. But you can be live. My mama, she died when she was 26, but she had a really long life because she honored the Lord in that period that she was here. And she made a difference the whole time. And my way of looking at it, she had a long life because every step she went was living from everything that I understand. We'll go to 22.5. Corrupt people walk in a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. So it's just back saying the same thing. It's going to be rough unless we're following Jesus. And if we're following our Lord, we get, we get a real life. And if we'll notice we're, when things quit working out for us, it's almost always because that we're trying to do things in our own power. And I want to go to one more verse, 22.6. Direct your... This is my favorite verse right here, and this is what's happening today. I took my horse here. Hey, you can't be chewing on my saddle. I know you don't know how to act in church, but you can't do that. How's he going to learn if I don't tell him? Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. You guys are our children. And now we know, we know that, that church is not necessarily the answer for your life. 
what's the answer for your life is God. But when you come to church, you're around other people that are believing in the same thing, and, it, and you help encourage each other, just like these two. They don't know how to act in church yet, but they keep coming to church, and things are gonna, they're going to turn out in a whole different way than if they don't. And the same for you. Church isn't the whole answer. It's just a way to be around more people that are trying to follow Jesus so that you can do things, end up in a rich and satisfying life down the road. I'm going to have my brother Neil pray over you guys and pray the Holy Spirit into the rest of the service, please. Heavenly Father, we just lift up this day to you. We ask you to bless us with your presence here today, Lord. We ask you to watch over these children as they go to go their way to their church and be with us here in this service. Father, we just invite your Holy Spirit here. We ask you to speak through John that you might give us a message that would imprint our hearts, Father. And we just give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You, he's fun. He still don't know how to act in church, but that's he's going to get better. If we, I keep bringing him, I promise you, he'll get better. Here we are in this Christmas season, and today I want to uh, I want to talk about that kind of thing. You know, I I uh, I'd been a little bit uncertain where I was going to go with the message today, right up until er this morning. Actually, I had been in and out and all over the board, and and I had two or three of them little baby messages in me, and I I just wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. And and uh, as as it unfolded, I've decided that I was pretty sure that I I'm supposed to go with Luke. We're coming into the Christmas season, and I want to share with you uh, uh, from Luke 1 and this, uh, this amazing story as it, as it unfolds and it pre-tells the birth of our Lord. But it's so interesting. It ties into, you know, it's crazy how the Bible works. It just ties into everything in your life, and it's so easy for me to see the unfolding of this story in my own life and in your lives or how your lives will go and uh, um, if you take a hold of this. So let's just start right here in the beginning of Luke 1.1. 1, 1. Many people have set out to write the accounts about the event that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided, this is Luke talking, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus. Here he's telling is, I'm, I'm going to write this account. And in, in, in verse 4, the reason that I've even read this part is so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So he's coming in so that his friend, or, or I don't even know the relationship. I didn't do any history on who Theophilus was. But what I do know, just reading a little bit I've read right now, is that he had a desire for Theophilus not only to hear the truth, which he knew he had already heard, but he was going to tell him again so that he'd get it in his getter, so that he would know that it was the truth and, and that he wouldn't doubt. So you can be certain of, every, of the truth of everything you were taught. And now he's going to break into this story. Verse 5. 
When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abaha, Abijah. I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Not Jewish. I'm just adopted into the fold. Like all children that were adopted in, it come from a different culture. I don't know how to speak the language very well. Um, so I will go with Abijah. But what is interesting about this is that Herod was king of Judea, and there was this Jewish priest named Zechariah, and he was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. What does that mean? Anybody? I didn't know either. Google is amazing, though. And when one of them things reaches out and grabs you, it doesn't take a second to Google it up and see what does that mean. And so I want to read it to you. What, the order of Abijah. Abaha, I'm not sure the right, I'm, I know I'm killing it, but we can all read it, we know. That. So the priestly order of Abba, Abijah, to which Zacharias belonged, originated with King David and his desire to build a temple for the Most High God in Jerusalem. Not permitted to do so because he was a man of war who had shed much blood David did the next best thing. He prepared for it with all his might. And this is based off 1 Chronicles 29, 1 through 5. He gathered building materials and precious stones and gold and silver and bronze in the abundance, in abundance, to make his son Solomon's task easier. Since the new king was young and inexperienced, David gave him all the plans for the temple and the plans for, and the, the plans for all that he had by the Spirit, including the division of the priests and the Levites. He's, he told him how to organize the people. He gave him the materials. He set it up. He gave him the plans. And he even went so far as to show him how to organize the people for this task that he wasn't yet allowed to do. And I find this so interesting in David's story, how could David have known the significance of what he was doing? How could David have known how it would go if Solomon would actually do it? To what degree? He just knew it was important, so he needed to set things up in a way to honor the Lord for down the road, whatever that meant. And I, I think... This is so interesting in this story, this part of the story, in each of us. And I was thinking about this type of thing, and we're going to read on, but, but it raises this question in me. So what is more, who was more important in this story, David or Solomon? Who, David got the vision to pl to for, for the house of the Lord. Solomon had the privilege of putting it all together. And I was so in my mind, the way that my brain works, all of a sudden this question comes up. It pops into me. So who's more important in this story? And at first, my answer was, because I have this selfish vein in me, well, they're both equally important. But later, the Holy Spirit puts this in me a little bit different. And it goes like this. What difference does it make? Who was more important in this story? What matters is, is the Lord has a plan 
and he plants it in one, and another follows through, and down the road, clear till today, we're being taught and blessed and honored and trying to replicate how to honor the Lord still in the house of the Lord. And it's still important today that we would create a home where we could meet him in. And I found that really interesting. We get trapped in these things, these mindsets, you know, and, and we're, we, we think wrong. When I was here about two or three weeks in, Chris DeZorty asked me, he says, uh, how are you liking it? My response was, what difference does it make? I mean, truly, if I'm called to do this, whether I'm enjoying it or not, should be the last thing that makes any difference. What should matter is, how are you doing with what the Lord's put on your plate? Probably looks different than you thought. The old man did it. Still does. What's happening next? I don't know. I know what I think I'm supposed to teach you all in the new year. Completely different type of pregnancy than I thought I was signing up for. I'm going to tell you. But it's amazing, and I wouldn't have missed it for anything because it's truly living. Let's read here for a while in this story and let it unravel. And, and John the Baptist's story is unravels a little similar or at least it is to me back in five when herod was king of judea there was a jewish priest named zechariah he was a member of the priestly order of abijah and this and his wife elizabeth was also from the priestly line of aaron she was from godly people teachers of godliness from way back zechariah and elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the commandments and regulations. They'd been working at this for a long time, and they're old. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving the Lord in the temple for his order, for his order was on duty that week. I don't either fully understand what all that meant. And I haven't done enough research. But we get the idea that he was up. It was his turn. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot. I'm thinking volunteer system didn't work very good if they had to go to lots on this. It was like, okay, you're up. Uh, okay, I'm up. I don't really, I didn't think I was signing up for that today, but okay. As was custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And I want you to understand that when they got this close in the Lord, there was not yet anybody. We hadn't had Jesus yet, so there was nobody that made up for the difference for what Zechariah lacked or anybody else that gets to come into the, into the Holy of Holies, the inner sanctuary of the Lord. And if you went in there in a way that was impure or unrighteous or un, uh, unclean there was a good chance you would die in there you weren't coming out one day as Zacharias was serving the Lord in the temple this is eight for his order was on that duty as was custom the priest nine was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense ten 
While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Why were they praying? Because they were sure that if he wasn't right, he wasn't coming out alive. He's going to die in there. And they were also, in that moment, I'm sure, in my mind, how could you not know? It's like, oh, I'm so thankful it's him in there because I couldn't get through it. I'm thinking, maybe not, but that's the way it talks to me. Eleven. When Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Can you imagine? I guess this is it. End of the road right here. I mean, what else would you think? I'm here. I'm trying to get right. Is there some unforgiven sin in me? Did I not confess this? Did I speak harshly to my wife? Did I handle something wrong? This is going to be it. Ugh. Terrifying, I'm certain. 12. Zachariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel of the Lord said, Don't be afraid, Zachariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will be will give you a son and you are to name him john you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the lord he must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks he will be filled with the holy spirit even before his birth to my knowledge, this is the only time ever that any human was filled with the Holy Spirit before in the womb. The rest of us, the rest of us get to choose it along the way. Through God's purpose, John in the womb. And it kind of goes, you know, it's it just really speaks to me about the value of human life. And that there's a lot of stuff that's happening. Now, John, we're still on 15, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And I was thinking about this kind of thing. Now, John was filled with something very specific and very special even before he was born. And so were you. And so was I. It takes a lifetime to unravel how to use it and what you're going to do with it. But the way that you are and the gifts that you are and your personality traits, he put that in you before you were ever born. Do you not think that he has a great purpose in that? It wasn't an accident. It didn't just happen. He didn't just throw a bunch of ingredients in the womb and like, oh, Surprise, surprise. I didn't think it would work like that. When I think about this, I think all the ways that you are, he poured that into your mama so that you would be here for this time. What's next, I don't know. But I know it's amazing. I know it's going to be incredible. And I know that God's going to use every bit of it. I don't have one doubt. I'm going to keep reading for just a little bit longer, and then I'm going to close. 
15, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. 16, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. Because of the way he is, he's got a great task. Now I ask this question, what's more important, John, who's bringing the message, or the people that are turning to the Lord? Same answer. What difference does it make? It's all part of the plan. It's all advancing the kingdom. Does there have to be one more important than the other? Even if there is, what difference does it make? We just got our part of the chapter. We got our part of the story. And we get to truly live when we get to do our thing. 17. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Listen to that. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. I can only imagine for this to even be here, the importance it is for us to, to think about and for our hearts to be focused on as we unravel all of this What's more important, my father or me or my son? I don't know. It don't make any difference, but I got a part in it. And my heart needs to be turned towards my children so that they'll get fed the truth, so that they'll show up in the right places even though they don't know how to act right when they get there yet. So they can learn to do their part and do it right. And he will choose those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. That was me. I'm so thankful for those. I was thinking about my own story and those that planted these little seeds along the way. There was this time... There's this fella, Jim Berlier. I had been seeking and I was looking for relief. And I knew that perhaps relief was in church. It's so crazy to me think about it now. I never considered that relief was in Christ. I just thought it might be in church. When, praise God, when I showed up in church, I found Christ. But along the way, it kind of made my life more complicated. I was pregnant in a way that I didn't expect. And now all of a sudden I was working six days a week and I was in church on the 7th and, it, and my life was more chaotic than it was before. And in that, I went to Jim and I'm like, I know this church is gr this stuff is great. And I know that I'm being taught a lot and learned a lot. And I know it's good for my children, but it's hard to do. And I really was looking for Jim to let me off the hook. I was looking for him to tell me, you know, for the sake of your family, it's probably okay to show up at church once a month or, you know, at the big holidays. Or maybe you should just have church at home with your kids and five minutes before lunch on Sundays and then you can keep doing the, your work. I was wanting off the hook. But Jim told me the truth that day 
And because he did, I stayed hooked. And because I stayed hooked, down the road I'm here. That day I, when I went to him, I was wanting him to let me off. And he said, I guess, looks to me like you're going to have to figure out a way to take part of Saturday off and spend with your family doing other things because Sunday's non-negotiable. Oh, it was not what I wanted to hear that day. It wasn't. But praise God, he told me the truth. So who was more important in, this, in my story now, Jim or me? What difference does it make? We all got our part in this story as it unfolds. And if we don't spend this time together in the house of the Lord, sharpening each other, even though when we show up here, we don't yet know how to act in the presence of the Lord. But we'll get there as we rub off on each other and we sharpen each other and as we go forward. Just remember this. He put in you before you were, probably before you were conceived, but surely in the womb. All these parts and pieces. And he wants to use every one of them for your part in the story as it unfolds. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you. I thank you for making us so unique and so complicated and yet so simple. And that, Father, you put inside of us special personality traits and special desires and a just right amount of stamina. And then you set things up where we would run into the angel Gabriel at just the right time or whoever it is that we're called to run into so that they will tell the truth. For me, it was Jim Berlier. For others, it'll be somebody else. But Father, I just praise you for those, for those divine appointments for the purpose of the advancement of your kingdom. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for answering the prayers we've prayed before for those in such dire need. And Father, I pray that you would give us a little glimpse of how we're to go forward with the truth that you shared with us today. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.